Welcome to the 193rd episode of the Towel Talk podcast. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. Rocco, thanks for joining me today. It's been a, it's been kind of tough with Casey off trying to discover the, the mystical city of Kunlun and stuff. Uh, but don't worry, listeners, he'll be back soon. But my good friend Rocco has decided to uh, Chewbacca with me today, and uh, we'll be geeking out about all the all the great news that hit this week. Uh, but Rocco, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, first of all, so Casey told you he's chasing after Kun Lun right now. That's why he's not here. Yes, the Iron he, Fist. It seems like he's just giving a lot of different people excuses as to why he's not around. <laughs> oh, what did he tell you? Like He told me. I mean, he was climbing Everest, oh. and that's why he doesn't answer any of my calls. So I was like, all right, wow. He was a little Kun more Lun, creative with you. Is Kun Lun on Everest, perhaps? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, hey, maybe, maybe. But either way, uh, thanks, Chris. I'm super happy to be here today. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm from the Critical Mass podcast as part of uh, DFAT Entertainment now, which uh, we're super excited about. Um, we are a comedic uh, political podcast that uh, talks about everything from politics to pop culture, uh, whatever the current zeitgeist is. Um, whether it's uh, TV or whether it's uh, the president of the United States, we talk about it and uh, we do our best to destroy it. And uh, really, no one should listen to our show. No one. But you should if if you love current events and politics and uh, have no respect little, for yourself. A little left leaning, right? That's <laughs> well, That's what we should, a little bit. <laughs> That's what we should promise it with a little bit. Um, so if you're I've well, been out have, a few times, it's a great time. Then, right? Right, exactly. Oh, we love uh, having you. And then also, uh, Rocco uh, is also part of Star Warriors, uh, yes. our roundtable discussion of all things Star Wars. And we have a we have an episode coming up this week, which is exciting. So uh, we'll be talking about the High Republic. Yes, yes, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, you know, from a comic book standpoint, um, because I've been reading a lot of comics, that's kind of my thing right now. Um, has been for a little bit, but yeah, I'm really excited to talk about those comics. I can't wait. Um, High Republic, uh, the next one should be coming out soon. Comic book. I think it's it's this week, is it not? The third one. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's Wednesday. It's the same day. We're gonna have to do like power reading. You know, that's that's tough for me since I don't know how to read that well anymore. Apparently, because <laughs> I'm stuck in the same chapter of Into the Dark for the last month now. <laughs> oh God. But, We'll have to uh, we'll have to do like a crash course for uh, Light of the Jedi for you. Just kind Sweet. of kind of tie in the the missing things that uh, that that you may uh, have some questions about. So it'll be a good time. Yeah, I I struggle when there's no pictures. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I've gotten so used to reading comics, and it's just all jokes aside, it is an easier thing to like to to read and to just kind of follow along because busy people, you know, not a lot of time in the schedule sometimes and just being able to pick up a comic and and read it for 20 minutes and be done is is a great thing. So that's it. Uh, But speaking of comics, let's jump into some Marvel movie, TV and video game news. Not too much on this front today, Uh, but we did get the title for Spider-Man three. And it's, you know, not that Spider-Man three, the good (laughs) one that's coming out soon. Uh, And it's going to be called No Way Home. Uh, But they, you know, it was funny because uh, the actors, they had a little fun with the reveal uh, last week by dropping fake names for it. Remember that? Yes, yes. It was. uh, And of course, I like that that Tom Holland, Tom Holland, I'm 
I'm still on the fence with him, not as Spider-Man as a as a person. Um, I really I really love his rendition of Spider-Man. But what I do like about him is the fact that he actually is able to poke fun at himself. So I, I that is something I like about him. I like about anyone um, that doesn't take themselves too seriously. And what I like is, you know, they were very clear to him, like, you are the spoiler. Like, you spoiled so many things. That's why they're not going to give you the real title <laughs> of the movie right now. And I, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that. It was funny because that day he was supposed to go on Fallon and people got mad because they actually didn't do any kind of reveal on there. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be revealed tonight on there and blah, blah, blah. But what people forget is that most announcements have happened on um, Jimmy Kimmel because of ABC. So that makes sense. But I wouldn't trust Tom Holland either. He seems to have loose lips about everything. But as he gets used to this, it looks like he's doing a lot better. I guess we don't have any kind of confirmation about other spider men. So that's, that's good. That hasn't leaked. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I am, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a hoping and a praying and I'm not a hoping or a praying man that, um, we'll get some daredevil and Spider-Man. And obviously the biggest dream would be Charlie Cox to be part of this project. Cause I think he was the definitive daredevil, um, but I mean, you know, I don't know what no way home means. It could mean so many things in the Marvel universe, right? It could mean with what's going on with WandaVision, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, who knows what direction that could take. The only thing I know is that at the end of the last movie, J Jonah Jameson, um, said Peter Parker is Spider-Man and Peter Parker is going to need a good lawyer. That's all I know. That's right. And that the Charlie Cox thing needs to happen. It's, it's fan demanded, and it seems like Disney is listening most of the time now. Uh, what I think about it is all these rumors of the multiverse. Uh, that's going to definitely get opened in Doctor Strange 2, which WandaVision is leading into. So who knows what if she has anything to do with that, with her alternate reality shifting powers and whatnot. So uh, pretty excited to to know what, you know, to see this next Spider-Man movie like you. Uh, I do love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think that he brings a lot of energy to that role. And Absolutely. I've enjoyed those first two movies. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we have news about when MODOK, the animated show, will be hitting Hulu. And that's going to be on May 21st. Uh, so this, do you know of MODOK? Have you watched some of the old, car- you remember from the old Marvel cartoons and stuff? He's a big head. Yeah. He's just like a big, he's just like a big angry head. He was a, he was a boss. I want to say it was that game, the not the Avengers game, Ultimate Alliance, Marvel mm-hmm. Ultimate Alliance. Um, he, which you know, come on, bring those back to PlayStation. What the heck, man? But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there at this point. Uh, all where I remember Modok from is from some of the cartoons, and then he was a boss in that. I, I don't know him in depth, I guess. Exactly, he's a very obscure character, uh, and I, I've been waiting for some kind of introduction into the MCU. So uh, we'll see if that ever happens. So uh, it was originally part of a, um, a few different, a few different animated series they announced for the, for the network, but all, all the other ones got dropped. Uh, I think, okay. I don't know why, uh, because, you know, Mar- I mean, Marvel, Disney, it's all in Hulu. They're all kind of, they're all connected. So it's just kind of a strange thing to announce that as a shared universe and then to drop it. But this show survived. It stars Patton Oswalt as MODOK. And uh, it's hitting in on May 21st. So very exciting. It's funny you bring up Ultimate Alliance. I, um, 
it, it's one of the reasons I actually bought a Switch um, to play that third game <laughs> because I love those series so much. And um, oh wow, yeah, it's it's the third one's really good. I hope I hope it actually does uh, go broader broader uh, on other systems. So hope maybe you'll see that someday, or you buy that'd a be, Nintendo. That'd be great. Is there still like a, a roster of like a hundred Marvel characters that you can just like choose from, or I mean, is is the third one really that good? Like super good. I I really enjoy it, uh, especially with the updated gameplay and graphics. Uh, there is there is a a ton of characters. I mean, it's like not hundreds, but um, like twenty something probably, okay. something like that. And it's uh, and then you can buy the expansions for more characters and stuff like that. Uh, like okay. like a full Fantastic Four expansion with them and Doom. Uh, oh wow! And, and some cool stuff. Um, the Marvel Knights one is really cool. So yeah, um, if you ever ever have a chance to snag a switch or, or play somebody switch when uh when this pandemic is over ask casey if you can play a on a switch <laughs> i bought him that for like his birthday or something so we could play it it's an awesome game awesome right game. on right on uh so let's jump across the pond to uh some dc mo- uh, movie news uh tv yes. and games and so big news this week uh after the success uh and the love the fans loving uh superman and lois they have greenlit the rumored jj abrams movie and so what's even more exciting about this is that um, is that we'll have Tainasi Coates. Uh, I can never say his name correctly. I think that's I think that's it. But uh, a great writer. He's been writing uh, Black, pa- Black Panther and Captain America. He's a, I saw that. Mm-hmm, he's a big political writer. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to to have him writing the script. And so it's brought up a lot of questions about is this a reboot? Will he do an African-American Superman and different things like that? What are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, so two things. The first announcement, the the flat out original announcement, which was J.J. Abrams is doing a Superman reboot. The first thing I said was why? Like, as soon as I heard that, I didn't know anything else about it. But that was my first thought coming to mind was just why? Like, we have like, um, oh, man, uh, Henry, Henry, Henry Cavill. God, I feel stupid for, you know, Gerald. From uh, from The Witcher. That's him. <laughs> um, you know, I think that he has done such an amazing job as Superman. I was just like, what can you do from there? But then now I hear that they're going to have a black Superman. And what is what is funny to me, what is serendipitous almost to this, personally speaking, is that I would have had zero frame of reference, but I just read Superman house of L number one, which was the one shot. And I was like, wow, what a time for me to read this exact comic right now for the introduction of a, of, of a black Superman. And then of course, staying away from the comics or the comment section of any Facebook post about it, because honestly it just, it's like the KKK in those comment section comment sections. Yeah, it's so disgusting these days. We we saw it just I think it was last week when they announced uh, the Supergirl actress uh, Sasha Kale, uh, yep. who's who's you know uh, of Latin American descent, and people were going nuts about that. So and not good people either. So um, don't get me don't get me wrong here. Uh, I just I don't I I don't understand it. I I know where our society is now. You know, of course, and but it's so sad um, because. This 
this is a really good approach, I think, uh, especially with a political writer. Uh, and there are two good options mm-hmm. for for the Superman character in this, uh, both Kelvin Ellis or Velzad. So both were created. Um, let's see. Grant Morrison created the first one, uh, Kelvin Ellis, and he became president. Right. And so he is a, he is a kill L. He's a this is a different Superman story. Uh, but Velzad uh, is actually is not a, not Kal El, so it's a different it's a different Superman. Which I think if you're not if you're gonna do a different route, you're gonna do a reboot like this. Don't do a Clark Kent. Don't do that. Do a different no. character. You don't need to. It's like you're you're opening up the multiverse in your movies. You did it on TV. The audience is smart enough to handle it. So just tell a totally different original story if you want to. Well, yeah, it's just like it's exactly what they did with uh, Batman Future State and the next Batman. Like it was he was a different character that played Batman. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to mess with the source material, but you can still offer inclusion, which I think is needed on all media platforms. I think that everyone should be represented on all media platform everyone should have that representation should have that superhero to look up to um you know black white um asian whatever it is i think that it that's important um and i i think that they did that well with like i said the next batman and i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it for this superman film like again i went i why are they doing this until they said that it will be featuring a black superman and now i said okay i want to see the movie i mm-hmm. do want to see now i want to see this i want to know the story i want to understand it i i don't want another clark kent i want a fresh i want a fresh take on superman and and that i'm excited about it i'm pumped about it now one hundred percent, and that's and that's and that's the thing. And just more inclusion. You could see that that's what DC was really doing with their approach with uh, when they changed the whole thing to Future State, and now with Infinite Frontier coming uh, starting this week. Uh, and so that's really yeah. really exciting to know that they that they are kind of you know spreading spreading their wings to you know for a matter of saying. But it's just. This this whole thing makes me feel really happy, and that they're they're taking steps to tell new stories and 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 more inclusive stories. So, very but not only that, but good stories, right? And and that's the key is you can tell when they're shoehorning, and you can tell when, like again, I referenced the next Batman because that's I think the freshest take we have right now. At least that's the newest one. Is that the story of Jace or um, Tim Fox was a good fantastic story that even carried into uh, the next Batman black and white. Um, There is a Tim Fox Batman story in there and it's good. It's so good. It's not a, we just put him in here because we wanted inclusion. It's, we created a character. The story is fantastic. The character is fantastic. Oh, the character is black. I want to read, I want to read more. Tell me more of this story. I love it. Yeah. That's that's what the really cool thing too is that they're not that they're doing so organically like that as well. Uh, yes. And like you said, tell good stories. And when people are questioning, like, what do we do with this character? And that was the big thing. Like, like what? How do we make a Superman movie? I'm sorry. Are we not talking about uh, an, an alien? You know, who has to come to the society and, and, and be accepted? You know, things like that. Um, 
the, yeah. the stuff that we're dealing with in our own government um, and the world state right now. How does how does a Superman deal with that? You know, there's a lot of things that you can't just deal with uh, with super strength, you know, or or yeah. other things like that. You have to have uh, you have to kind of show the different sides of a hero. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how they will address that uh, with this with Absolutely. this movie. Uh, another DC movie got greenlit finally being in kind of turmoil of production and whatnot, uh, because we always kind of said like DC would announce these things and they would never do it. And it was like, kind of like the dartboard effect. Uh, but <laughs> this is cool. Um, I'm, I've always been a blue beetle fan, but not, I, I like the Jamie Ray's blue beetle. Don't get me wrong. Um, I actually, when I was reading, uh, when I f- picked up DC again was around if in a crisis, around that time. And so that was his introduction was then. Um, so I've been reading and watching young justice with him on it and a lot of different things. So, but my, my favorite blue, blue beetle was Ted cord who was murdered during infinite crisis and they brought him back during rebirth. Um, so he was like a mentor role with, with Jamie um, and Jaime, sorry, Jaime, I should say that right. Um, and this is another, this is another non white hero who's getting a movie, which uh, is really exciting as well. Um, and so they finally they finally announced the director for it, uh, Angel Manuel uh, Soto. And so look forward to more news from that. Have you um, have you had any experience with any of the Blue Beetles, Booster Gold, anything like that? I know nothing about Blue Beetle, and I feel like a terrible person for not. But I, I really, um, yeah, I saw this, <laughs> you know, on the outline for the show. Um, and I, I didn't, I had a crazy day today, but that's beside the point. Um, I don't know anything about blue beetle. I really don't take, yeah, take a look sometime. Very old character. Um, there's like been three different ones since like the golden age even. So, uh, well, like what's his deal? So like Batman's parents were murdered, you know, he, he dresses as a bat. So his enemies share his fears. Superman can fly. He's from another planet. Yep. Um, what's Blue Beetle? Like, give me a nutshell, like a tiny nutshell. The newest Blue Beetle is probably the more interesting of, uh, of the renditions because he has this alien scarab that gives him his powers, that gives him an armor. And he has like a, like the, he could talk with, with, with the scarab. And it's, it's a funny thing to watch on like Young Justice and stuff when, when the scarab will be like trying to go into like kill mode. And he's trying to talk it down and things like that. Um, and he's and Jaime Reyes is a is a kid, so mm-hmm. it's it's that it's like this new hero um, approach uh, versus like Ted Cord, who didn't really have any powers. Uh, he was more like a gadget and science guy, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so that was more like um, it was kind of like Night Owl from uh, Watchmen. I believe that okay. that was one of the like one of the main influences for for Night Owl was Blue Beetle. Okay. Uh, so, and then you go back to the Golden Age movie Beetle that I don't even know that much that that much about. But this latest Kickstarter I backed, I got like this omnibus of old Blue Beetle comics for free oh, wow. with it. So, like the digital omnibus. So I'm going to be catching up on some Golden Age comics. But right yeah, right check on. it out. Um, check it out. Check out Young, Young Justice when you have a chance. Uh, yeah. As I keep piling these animated shows on for you to watch, that's that's another one. Excellent show. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, and then, uh, for Titans, uh, we got our first look at Damaris, uh, Lewis in her black fire costume. Uh, we knew that she showed up at the end of last season and would be, uh, one of the protagonists, uh, I'm sorry, antagonists for the new season of Titans, which 
looks to be more of a Batman show uh, this time mm-hmm. around as they kind of are putting more and more Gotham people in, including Oracle. Oracle as in Babs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. So with Titans, I have HBO Max. Is it? What is it? HBO? I, I'm using my yeah. brothers. I'm just... <laughs> Don't want to bit that on um, the air. No, just joking. <laughs> my uh, my daughter calls it hobo, which I always thought was funny. You know, she's like, "Daddy, what's hobo?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, you're not, you can't read it, apparently." But anyway, um, I've I've watched the first three episodes of Titans from the first season, and um, like, I just want to give it more time. I'm waiting for it to really grab me. It feels like a much more adult version of a CW show. Um, and you know my feelings on the CW shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give it a, I want to give it a chance. Um, you know, I like, it, you know, what Dick Grayson in it. And I like, you know, uh, the whole, I, I mean, I like it. I just need to give myself more time. But now you're telling me that there is a Barbara Gordon on the show it's, not in season one season two nope season three which is coming out soon um so they announced her uh jason jason todd has been a character on the show uh for uh, i think the last two seasons so as as who as, as jason todd right so not as, as robin as robin oh um but then they say red red hood is coming this season so it's like all this stuff and I'm gonna. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. I'm a huge Teen Titans fan and Titans mm-hmm. fan, and I'm not a biggest fan of this show. Um, I just. I think they could do better with it. I think it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, it is much more adult, and the yeah. move from the CW verse that they had to really make, like the CW verse, played its part. It started off with with you know around Batman Begins time when they wanted to try to take things serious and tell a darker story, and then it evolved into more of a. I understand your your problems with it, um, but it did open it up more to like DC, like the DC verse and the characters and storylines from that. So they're a little more when people are more uh, when these shows decide to like do these little Easter eggs and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun uh, sure. for me. So that's that's the one thing about it. But when they did Titans and Doom Patrol um, and Swamp Thing, they took that next step. Right. And. They decided to make them shorter, which was always my biggest issue with these CW shows. It was like filler, 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 stupid arc, stupid arc. And yeah. then it would be like five good episodes that are telling the, like a good story. Right. So these are like HBO episodes. Sure. True eight to ten episodes per season, much more money into the budget. So I'm happy with it. I just don't know. The biggest problem with Titans is they just they're they're having a hard time grasping what they want to do with the show. Is it a, yeah. is it a Titan show? Is it a is it a Batman show? Um, so I do recommend you watch it. You might um, not be as critical as I am about it, uh, but there are some things. But this newest season will feature a lot more uh, Batman characters. Can take place in Gotham, um, and Blackfire will be returning as one of the one of the the villains. So, oh, and and Bruce Wayne Batman is in the show. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that you'd want to watch because if you're a if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you'll you'll notice who plays uh, Bruce Wayne. So oh, it's wow. good. It's it's good enough. I just wish, honestly, like if you took if you took movies and television, I prefer Marvel. 
And what's annoying is if if you like flat out comic books, DC wins every single time. Like, and and it, it's frustrating. It's really really annoying because I have two bins of comics right here to my right. And one bin is literally DC and the other bin is Marvel and DC's almost full and Marvel's not even halfway full yet. So just DC, in my opinion, makes superior comics. I want them to make superior movies and TV shows. Like, come on, man. Like, God, let's go. But their animated stuff. Oh, oh, their animation. Whoever does their animation needs to be doing their live action because their animation has not failed yet. I, at least in my opinion. But anyway, yeah. Start. I, I'm I'm throwing some of the shows at you. Uh, you know, since since we really started talking about DC stuff, um, not on the show. You know, in general. So, uh, I I would recommend more of the newer stuff because they are not as quote unquote CW. Even if they're on the CW, they've they've moved. They've they're still doing bad stuff. Like I don't like Batwoman at all. Um, and, and I do not recommend that to you even being a Batman fan. Do not watch that show. All right. All right. That's, it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like that CW writing, don't do it. I couldn't, I used to like it a lot and I can't even choke it down anymore because I know there's just, they're doing so much better stuff now. Well, so. arrow arrows first three seasons. I mean, I was addicted to arrow. Yeah. And it was so good. And then like, there was just too many characters that were like superheroes that were like, why are you a superhero now? I feel like everyone, everyone had to be a superhero. Like, Oh, like Oliver's dog from when he was a kid, he's a superhero now. Like, well, (laughs) what, why can they, can we just have, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, the writing got ridiculous to me. I feel you. No, I, I absolutely do. Um, and that's that's the thing. Um, and I do I do think they're getting better uh, and better movies, better writing and more. So let's hope for the best and uh, we'll see what hits what hits this season. So watch Titans when you can. All right. It is adult. So don't don't watch it with your kids. No, no kids. No kids. <laughs> uh, last up in your your favorite uh, DC versus the CW. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two things of note. Uh, Stargirl is moving to. Uh, to the CW after its first season being on the DC uh, the DC app. Uh, so this season two will be hitting this summer. Uh, and this is another show I recommended to you. Family friendly show. Right on. Uh, and then Legends of Tomorrow season six is going to be hitting on May 2nd. Now, I know you, do, you didn't watch probably past the first season or maybe an episode of this show. Um, the best thing that Legends of Tomorrow ever did was stopped trying to be an Arrowverse show. So after okay. two seasons, it flipped, it totally flipped itself. And it's like, it's, it's, it's mostly comedy and it's, it's like sci-fi time travel comedy adventure. And it's just stupidest, like sometimes the stupidest references, um, a lot of cool cameos. It is actually the only show I still watch from, from the CW, uh, the original, the original universe. Okay. So like, I gave that show three episodes, three, because I always give three episodes to any <laughs> show. I do. You got the pilot, right? But there's a lot of things you can't blame them on with the pilot. So you got to give them the second episode. And then the second episode is really just the first episode because it's not the pilot. So you got to give one more episode. And if you don't got me by then, 
then I'm sorry, I can't do it. Like The Office, I'm a huge The Office fan. I know total left turn, but what I'm saying is <laughs> I gave that three episodes and I'm one of the biggest Office fans in the world. You know what I mean? So yep. again, it, it's that's my rule. Um, I gave um, the legends of yesterday's past tomorrow's, um, <laughs> you know, uh, three episodes, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It felt like I was looking for Scott Bakula. Yes, if he ever shows up, I would be very happy if they just made him a character on that show. It'd make a lot of sense. Like, or just... John Rhys Davies, uh, his name from Sliders. <laughs> sliders, sliders, in sliders. Yeah. Oh, God, Sliders. <laughs> Whew, you just brought a lot back there with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I heard a lot about Crisis on Infinite, Crisis on what is it, Infinite Earths? Uh huh. Yep. Isn't that part of the show? That's so. What happens is they they would do a crossover, uh, big cross. Like they started when Arrow and Flash, like that was the first crossover, of course, because of the first two shows. And then every season after that, they started to add more and more shows. And then Crisis was basically like the end of their big narrative, like Arrow, um, you know, the end of Arrow. Uh, the same season was season eight, and that ended. Um, I would I would recommend watching it. Most of it's good. Uh, I mean, it might be you might get a little lost in some parts, but it is kind of a a neat romp, at least the first half. Uh, the first the first half of it's good. Second half kind of lost its legs. Um, but I always liked how how grandiose they got with that, and that they did take those kind of risks. Uh, and that was that was kind of a fun thing watch watching for the crossovers a lot of time because uh, those so would be the best episodes. It was on every every show had a crisis episode correct yep so across oh, wow. five, five four or five shows they would they did it um black lightning did not have an episode i don't know okay. but he was on it um don't quote me it's like four or five episodes that that is the whole crisis on infinite earth run well i heard my man the hellblazer himself mm. john constantine was part of that and that piques my interest. So, you watched Constantine NBC show? No. Okay. But watch I that show. To. Where, watch that where show. can I it's, find it? I think it's on I think it's on HBO Max. It was on the DC app for a while when I it was I can't find it on there. Okay, maybe it's not on yet cuz they keep okay. littering and and dashing things at us. So, okay. I'll take I'll take a look to see where it's streaming right now. It might be actually on Peacock because it was NBC, but who knows. Mm. I'll find it for you. Because watch that show, then they brought him into Arrowverse, which was cool because I like Matt Ryan's Constantine a lot. Yeah. And, um, then, because that season, that show ended after one season, they actually just basically closed it out on Legends last season, I think it was. Okay. So they did, like, basically the whole arc of the season was the MacGuffin that you'll learn about if you watch the first season. So it's okay. it's, it's good, man. I um I was really impressed that they that they went back and actually paid paid tribute to that show and finished it out that they didn't leave that open uh, because they were never going to go back and do a Constantine show. Um, he's probably going to get replaced when they do the, the new movie or whatever, you know? So we'll yeah, see. I, I hope they're going to do a new movie. Like I watched the Keanu version before ever reading the comics. So I watched the Keanu version. Then I read the comics and for me, the Keanu version was a great movie that wasn't Constantine. And 
I want a comic book, Constantine, but that's a conversation for another time, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll talk Constantine all day. Um, but what we have to talk about right now is some news yes. from that galaxy far, far away. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Tom Holland. Uh, yeah. Who apparently, you know, he just came out this week and said that he had bombed his audition as Finn. Now, I never even knew he had auditioned for that role. And now I'm having a hard time, like, like picturing Tom Holland as Finn as well. So I could never buy it. I love John Boyega. I think that was that was the best choice ever. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't really use his character properly. But what would you have thought of a Tom Holland Finn? I mean, I can't see Tom Holland in Star Wars. Um, I just, I can't. Um, maybe it's hard because I've seen him as Spider-Man. So it's like, okay, Spider-Man. But like, I guess before Spider-Man, like I couldn't see him in a role that John Boyega filled. Like, again, I loved Finn in The Force Awakens and I was waiting for them to do more with his character and they didn't. Um, Would that have happened with Tom Holland? I don't know. However, these are the things I'm talking about when I say that I like Tom Holland as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. I think he does a great job, but I don't know how I feel about him as a person because he said his audition, he bombed it because he was laughing at someone that he was supposed to interact with in the audition that was acting like a droid. And in my mind, it's like, dude, you can't suck it up and like be a professional. Right. Like this is a Star Wars audition. I can't tell you what I would do to those people auditioning or, or watching me audition to be in a Star Wars film and you can't even keep your your trap shut and do it? I don't know. That's just that's just my opinion. How old is Tom Holland? Very he's young, young, right? He's like early twenties. Yeah, he's a thing. he's a youngin', man. He's a little kid, man. I'll look up his age. I'm gonna look it up right now because now I wanna know. Yeah, because I'm just kinda like how how like I guess it is just being a kid and just like freaking out maybe, but you're you're also like you said a professional actor, so you know when when not to and 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 how to hold your composure and whatnot. So that's that that is a good question. Like why? And he was doing it in he was doing it in the Marvel ones too. So it's just kind of like his spirit is really good. I guess that's that's the best way to look at it. He yeah he's a kid, so he really portrays that all the time you know so yes he does he's 25 yeah yeah so i mean it's been how long since since civil war a few four four years maybe you know what yeah I mean? so he's definitely yeah. in his early 20s if not before that right so yeah and we're talking 2014 was when the last jedi no the last Jedi. um force awakens Come, yeah. came out around that time right so even yeah. before that so he was definitely 17 or 18 years old so i imagine being on a set like that it's probably very nervous kid just starts laughing at everything oh, idiot <laughs> idiot just could have been idiot. star wars tom say, holland yeah what a what a moron i'm sorry but you stupid idiot now anyway a droid for the rest of your life that's all right that's put him in just go stand in that r2 costume that's i just like I just picture Red Foreman calling him a dumbass. Like, that's just like all I I just see. I don't know why it doesn't make any sense. But in my brain, he messes up his Star Wars audition for Star Wars. He's just dumbass. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe he was meant to be Spider-Man. Who knows? 
Um, next up, the uh, the Bad Batch is on its yes. way to Disney Plus soon, and we're uh, we're kind of in a dry time for Star Wars right now. So we dry. have our Marvel shows, you know, and Winter Soldier, the Falcon Winter Soldier is coming soon, which I'm looking forward to the most. So Same. I'll take all the Marvel, but then we'll have Star Wars soon enough with this. So when is this coming? Spring? Did they say? Oh, Bad May Batch, May fourth, like May fourth, right? Yes, yeah, Star Wars Star Day. Wars Day. Which is very exciting. It may be here before you know it because it's already freaking March. Um, I know. Yikes. Uh, but <laughs> anyhow, we got our first look at Fennec Shand uh, from from the upcoming show, mm-hmm. uh, who's played by um, May Win Wen. I don't know how to say her name. Is that it? Agent May, so, I'm going to call her. I'm, I think I'm mixing up her name. Uh, anyhow, she looks younger, <laughs> animated. Yeah. This kind of stuff is just fun. Um, I'm glad that they're actually putting your character into this uh, opening up more from that uh, from that Mandalorian world, giving a little backstory. Sure. No, I, I think that I think that what's currently going on in the Mandalorian situation, and I really don't want to get into it. I think we're overshadowing her character, you know, well, she's a badass female and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but like, what about um, you know, Fennec Shand? What about her? Um, I'm she's a badass. She's she's doing a fantastic job. I loved her on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. She's a legend. She was the voice of Mulan. Yep. She made a cameo in the live action film. She plays Fennec Shand, and she's voicing a young Fennec, and. I can't wait to see her character. I, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Bad Batch because I love. I'm a you know me. I'm a huge Clone Wars fan, and I I can't wait to see how the Bad Batch fall into Order sixty six. Yeah, I'm really excited That's, to see that time of the Empire too. That very early days. We did. I've read about it in books. But we've never really seen it as much, you know, sometimes in video games. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see like that, how the Empire is like built. You know, we'll see very much like the inside, uh, which usually we're just on the good the side of good and we're just against the Empire. And I like that about last season's Mandalorian that we got a little more insight into when we went to that base uh, Mm -hmm. and just just when they were cheering for them, when they brought back. Uh, remember that that was kind of a neat thing like I've never really experienced something like that before from that side of things and the more yeah. they explore it the better uh, well so. what I love is Bill Burr's Bill Burr's comment was bet you never be happy ne- bet you never thought you'd be happy to see a bunch of stormtroopers yeah. and I think that he not only that that line not only was tongue in cheek for he and Mando but was for the audience the audience too felt the same way to your point um, but I want, I'm hoping out of bad batch, we, I, I want to look deeper into the decommission of the clones. Mm. I'm very interested in how it was talked about in rebels a little bit with Rex and, and Wolf and his team there with the decommissioning of the clones. But I want to see that because I want to see where the bad batch falls into that being such a specialized unit um, so really looking forward to that. Always looking forward to Fennec Shand. Anytime she's on screen, I'm looking forward to that. And I can't wait to see a younger version of her and where she kind of goes with it. 
Absolutely. So look forward to that show coming May 4th on Star Wars Day. Uh, last up in Star Wars news, uh, Rock, were you ever play Public Commando? Yes, I did for the original Xbox. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a remaster coming. Uh, that's coming on May or sorry, April 6th, and that's going to be for the Switch and PlayStation. Uh, so I I had it for Xbox as well, I believe. I, I've only owned one Xbox in my life, and that was the original one. Mm-hmm. And I bought it for Knights of the Old Republic, and I never bought another Xbox because yep. I, I knew better. Sorry, Xbox yep. fans. But <laughs> why aren't you getting the remaster? I'm just joking. Um, yeah, this this I would actually probably... I like to buy these games for Switch. I like to have the handheld for mm-hmm. these. The, the screens, you know, the graphics aren't killer uh, for these. So that They're perfect for, for that 7, 720 on Switch and sure. stuff like that. So, I mean, that's... I might pick this up. I never, I never really played it that much. I wasn't really into those kind of games back then, and I was really bad at them. So I might, I might be checking this out. Well, it's, it's, it really is a Call of Duty campaign mode in Star Wars, um, and I liked the fact that you got more of the inner workings of because you're an arc trooper, um, and you know, the first mission you're landing on Geonosis. I still remember the first mission is landing on Geonosis and you're following Mace Windu. And, you know, to me, that was awesome because at that point, the only battle of Geonosis I saw was following Obi-Wan and Anakin. So to like, see what was going on on the ground, you know, during that time, I love that backdoor lore of star Wars of, well, what was happening at the same time as this, you know, this is a major event in star Wars, but what was happening over here? And I find those things kind of interesting. And that, and that game really lent to that in a lot of its missions. Um, and, and really before the clone wars cartoon, it was the first time to make you actually care about the clones. I think that's important. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think because they had like the Jendi cartoon, which really featured Arc Troopers, and that's where one of the major, you know, introductions of that happened, um, and just how awesome they are. Uh, and then they, then they brought this game on. And so, what you just mentioned, kind of like, uh, like this, like kind of like behind the scenes or backstory stuff, is like now when you watch Attack of the Clones and they're departing the transport ships, now it's like this is happening in the game here. Because I did this and stuff like that, so I always like that um, because it does open up the world uh, yeah. and stuff like that. So a good another thing about that is the uh, trying to think. It's a it's a it's you you control four different troopers, right? And they all have different yes. tasks. Okay, well, and that's that's what you do. So you play, yeah. You can kind of command them to do certain things. So like if there's a piece of cover and you like look to the right at that cover, you'll see like a silhouette of a character. And then if you select it, then it's like you direct them to go to there to lay cover fire. So there is a bit of strategy that goes along with the FPS. Mm -hmm. It's an FPS, but you're also strategizing, utilizing your other three teammates. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, and I think I'll be checking it out because now that you say it, um, why not? Right. Might as well just have that experience since I didn't do it before. 
for some reason when I owned it. Um, I'll be getting it. <laughs> yeah, I'm much better at video games now, so definitely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's time for our first commercial break, and then we'll be back with uh, more Tally Talk. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. We are back from those educational commercials and uh this is Tally talk with chris and rocco and so we're going to jump hey. into some uh crowdsourcing buddy you uh you back kickstarters you get involved in that kind of crowdsourcing or anything um recently because of you folks um the first time i did a kickstarter was for uh uh god uh, pursuit of plastic um so that was the first time i ever did a kickstarter kickstarter and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I just backed the Illusion Witch, and I just backed Hollow Three, Hollowed Three, um, which we talked about on Critical Mass last because we had Casey on. Just the uh, so on our last episode, Casey's on it, and we talked about Hollowed Three and and uh, the Kickstarter for it. Um, and we said that he was selfish because he was supposed to come on our show. And he had already gotten it funded by then. And I said, you couldn't have waited till after, you know, that was the purpose was to help you get funded and, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, man, Kickstarter. I like it. Rocco just mentioned Hollow 3, which is the latest from DFAC Comics and Casey Bowker with artist Darius Johnson and team. And so it's still going strong. It's over 100 percent. So working towards those stretch goals. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out, please do so. I'll leave a link in the in the show notes uh, if you're into serial killer horror. So uh, check it out. Issue three of Hollowed on Kickstarter now. Next up, uh, you're a Batman fan, uh, I so I thought this would be a cool thing to talk about. I um I love board games, but I I, I don't invest in them now because of COVID. Uh, so not getting mm. really getting together with anybody. So it's it's. Uh, that's tough, but I guess more and more people are playing like role-playing games over the internet and things like that. So that's really popular, but I can't bring myself to spend like a hundred dollars on a really cool board game only to have it sit around. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? You guys, um, you play board games with your family, any board game nights and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I mean, but you know, we don't get into anything in depth. I mean, the most role-playing we do is guess who. You know, because <laughs> um, I, I don't know. And between my daughter trying to cheat at Guess Who and my son attempting to <laughs> eat eat the board, you know, there's not there's not all that much going on there. But as a Batman board game, I was looking a little bit about it, but like the, I can't find anything. Like, what is it? Like, how does it work? I guess if I watched the video, it probably would have told me. <laughs> 
it's really you can play it solo, which is kind of a hmm. a cool concept, especially kind of since I mentioned not buying board games because I can't play them with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me read this. This is based on the Dark Knight Returns comic uh, by Frank Miller. Uh, so it's set in that world. And it's a solo board game experience in which a player dons the cowl and journeys through Frank Miller's iconic Batman adventure. Instead of traditional leveling up, this is a game of attrition. Uh, Batman comes out of retirement and tries to survive one final gauntlet facing old and new villains and even his most powerful ally, Superman. It's a board game with miniatures, uh, which you can get through different uh, stretch goals as that, you know, as the game gets funded. Right now it's at, uh, let me just check real quick. It is funded. It's they were asking for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. It's at two hundred sixty-eight thousand. Uh, so doing well and working towards uh, the the awesome stretch goals, which is really only way to get the full experience with some of these games. Uh, this company and another one, Steamforge. If you do the Kickstarter, you get like the ultimate edition that mm-hmm. you're not a you're not going to get in the store, and you're going to get it at so much cheaper than the store too. So that's why I'm always kind of like tempted by these. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So right now it's going in uh, 17 days left to go. So if you're interested in that, check it out. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Sweet. Uh, next up, let's jump into some comic book news. You Woo. love comics. I love comics. I love I love comics. Uh, so a little bit from Marvel. We got our first teaser, the upcoming uh, Alien number one. Uh, Marvel actually did a really cool uh, variant initiative with alien covers, uh, which I got a few of those. Uh, the cool looking ones, of course. Like I Guardians got one. Guns. I got one in my bag right now. Which one? Um, at the comic shop. It's the Black Widow one. Okay. I'll have to check that. I don't know Most, which one that. Mostly because it was the only one of. I'm, I'm just started getting on Black Widow, and the only one in the story had available for. I think it was number four or five. Okay. Was the al- alien variant. And he's like, do you mind? And I'm like, I just want to read this book. I don't mind. And I like Alien. So everybody wins. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big Alien and Predator fan. Uh, it's probably one-fourth of my collection of toys. Oh, wow. um, I have tons of the Dark Horse comics. So I've been I've been at that stuff since I was a kid, actually. Somehow I got into, you know, when they used to market R-rated properties to kids, you know, sure. toys and stuff. You know, Terminator. Right, right, exactly. Uh, so my love has always endured for this, for this, uh, for these, for that franchise. So I'm, I was interested when Disney bought out Fox because a, I was like, how are they going to handle this? And now that I know about Star, which is the more adult side of Disney Plus. Mm-hmm it'll make more sense than that because they announced that alien anthology TV show for Disney plus and a few other things. So uh, now Marvel is taking over the, the, uh, the license from dark horse. And so mm-hmm. alien number one is headed to uh, shelves pretty soon. Uh, check it out. I'll leave, I'm going to leave a, a link to the trailer in here. So if you guys want to check that out, it's from Philip Kennedy Johnson and artist Salvador La Roca. I might, uh, I might ask to put that in my bag. At least just to get that first issue, right? Yeah. And if it's good, it's good. Next up, DC. I'm pretty sure this is in your bag. Uh, it because is. Tomorrow is Tuesday. I'm going to try to get this show out by tomorrow so that it's not too much past comic book day. But um, <laughs> Infinite Frontier number zero hits tomorrow with an all-star yep. lineup. Very exciting. Uh, so you've been reading Future State. I've been not a good DC fan and, and have not read any Future State yet. So how do you feel if where it's leading does it is it leading towards this or future state is supposed to be a look at the future what may happen 
and then they're going to start tying in what happens in the present day time with with Infinite Frontier, that whole initiative. I I feel like we got a lot of ends to stories, but we also got a lot of. I think we got more like in betweens, if that makes any sense. Um, I I think it felt like a lot of it was this is where the story is going toward, and then past it. Right. Um. I don't know. I've I've gotten a lot of mixed reviews from Future State. Personally, I think that almost everything I read was absolutely fantastic. One part of Future State that I'm really looking forward to going into Infinite Frontier is Catwoman was straight fire. Like Catwoman Future State. I I got it because I like the Catwoman arc and and her relationship with Bruce. I've always enjoyed that. Obviously, um, Batman Catwoman that's out right now is probably one of my favorite comics I'm reading. So I was like, let me do Future State Catwoman. Let me see what I feel about how I feel about that. And just wow. So going into Infinite Frontier, I'm hoping for two things. I'm hoping for lead up to what I've read and I'm hoping for continuations of what I read. I know that sounds super elementary because that should be obvious, but I like what I read and I want them to stick to, to these new stories. I, I like them. I like the way they incorporate the old stories mm-hmm. and pull them into this futuristic kind of like what they did with dark detective was so sad because you know, the story of Batman and Bruce Wayne and then where it gets to it's, they, I think that they did a great job, and I think that a lot of these old timers with their comics and their, you know, no, you know, this is this way. I could see them getting mad at what Future State did. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I get the complaints, but I, what I don't get is that DC has been doing this since forever. So they they always do a new status quo, you know. And this one was kind of out of left field because. They did have something planned and they were already working towards that. But from what I've seen and all the titles they've announced for, you know, from future state to infinite frontier are very exciting. Uh, and a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of gems in there that I'm looking forward to. So I, um, I agree. I really think that they, they've kind of set up that time point and now mm-hmm. it's like, how do we get there? Uh, mm-hmm. And as I've shared with you, there are a couple of those, those characters who are getting their own, those, their own titles, the Gar, Gar, Gara Floor, uh, and also another, mm-hmm. the next Batman title is coming, another miniseries. So um, I'm sure that, you know, with the popularity of certain characters, we'll, we'll definitely get other stories. DSI was just present. So Absolutely. very exciting. Uh, jumping over to Image, uh, just another heads up for this week. Uh, Noct- Noctera, uh, number one is hitting stands, and that's from Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel. I, I know I turned you on to uh, Scott Snyder's Batman. So that was, mm-hmm. was that your first real read of anything that Scott Snyder has ever done? Yeah, it, it definitely was. Okay. Um, Scott Snyder's Batman. That was, um, was that court of owls? Correct. Yes. I loved it. I loved court of owls. And I believe the second volume was city of owls. If I'm correct, both of those were fan freaking tastic. Um, and I can't wait to see how Court of Owls is adapted in Gotham Knights, which, if all goes to plan, will be my first PS5 title. There you go. That's that's a good ambition right there. 
let me ask you this. You like horror, right? I do. So Scott Snyder got his start uh, in in horror. Uh, he wrote a he wrote a short story book that was like really praised by Stephen King. And this was before he got his gig in D.C. Mm-hmm. Really took off with the New 52. He had written some stuff before the big change, uh, some Batman stuff, which is really mm-hmm. good uh, and very horror, more horror like than than a lot of his other superhero stuff. But if you look into like uh, his titles, like American Vampire, Witches. Uh, he is a horror writer, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I would I can turn you on to some of those titles if you're ever interested in in yeah. reading a little bit more. He's really good. Um, but this book coming out this week, this was actually uh, I backed this on Kickstarter. Uh, so what what it was I got this huge like hardcover, uh, basically like a director's director's cut of the first issue, uh, which is I love those because it gives you like the whole writing process. Mm-hmm. And they they kickstarted this uh, as an indie book, um, and it's an image so. That that hits tomorrow. Uh, it's it's hailed as ten years after the world is plunged into an everlasting night that turns all living creatures into monstrous shades. The only way to survive is to stay close to artificial light. So enter uh, Valentina Val Riggs, a skilled uh, skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unlit roads with her heavily illuminated eighteen wheeler. Wow! Yeah, it sounds epic. Um, so it does. Be checking that out. Uh, I'll be reading that on Wednesday, uh, and I'll let you know how it is. So maybe you'll right. check it out. Uh, so that's the end of comic news. Uh, let's talk a little bit about TV, because who doesn't love TV? That's all we have right now. So uh, <laughs> besides comics, uh, so some announcements from Netflix. Uh, the first thing is our first look at the Irregulars, which is an interesting concept. Uh, are you a are you a Sherlock Holmes fan at all? I I am. Awesome. So this is a this is kind of a supernatural twist on this. Apparently, uh, it starts on March twenty sixth. Let me read this. Hailing from three Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes novels, the Baker Street Irregulars are a group of street kids, the titular detective would sometimes employ in cases to get information he wouldn't normally be able to access. <laughs> so in this adaptation. Tom Bidwell reimagined the young gang of boys from the books into a slightly older group of teens who are the only ones who could stop an impending dark magical threat from destroying London. And they don't need Holmes to do it. So apparently, like, um, Sherlock Holmes and Watson are not the central focus of this. They're kind of, like, not the heroes you remember them Mm -hmm. as. So it's a really interesting take on that whole world. Okay. So... I'll be I'll be watching that because I'm trying to find stuff to do at you know one in the morning still. No, um, that. <laughs> also, uh, we got a trailer for the upcoming Shadow and Bone. Uh, this is a big budget fantasy series that's coming in April. This this is another. Did you watch the Did you watch the trailer? I did not for this one. Based on novels, of course, which they're just adapting everything. And so it finds us in world war torn world where lowly soldier and orphan Alina Starkov has just unleashed an extraordinary power that could be the key to setting her country free. And so there's like uh, with a monstrous threat of the shadow fold looming, Alina is torn from everything she knows to train as part of an elite army of magical soldiers known as Grisha. But as she struggles to hone her power, she finds that allies and enemies can be one and the same, and that nothing is in this lavish world is what it seems. <laughs> That's that. I don't More know. magic. Does it sound like something up your alley? I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like the SNL sketch that they did for Netflix, greenlight it. 
give them money. We're going to do a movie about a movie about just give them money. Give them money now. Like, I don't know. Netflix has been greenlighting a lot of things, and I'll probably end up checking it out. I'll probably end up trying it, to be honest with you. I don't know. We'll see. Um, there Something did interest me that we're going to be talking about soon, but um, this, I don't know. This doesn't really grab me. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of the same stuff is coming out, whether it makes it through a season or not. We will see. So, next up, uh, actually, let's let's talk about Tuber's legacy real quick because that's something kind of in relation to what you were talking about. Uh, I'm a big Mark Millar fan, uh, so this this has been something that I've been kind of following for a while, and this was something that was the whole Millar verse, Millar world as they call it, was bought up by Netflix to be hmm. like to do all these different things. And this is the first thing we got after like four years or something like that. Something insane. Uh, maybe it's longer in my mind because of COVID, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no, there was no signs that this was ever going to come to fruition. There was, there was nothing. And then we heard rumors that it was coming and then we got this teaser and now Jupiter's legacy is headed to the network on, or the streaming service on five, seven. Yeah, I, I I knew nothing of this. I knew absolutely nothing of Jupiter's Legacy. I, I still don't know what it is, but I saw the teaser trailer today, and I will say I'm, I like Josh Demel. I like him. I just like him. I don't mm-hmm. know why he's dreamy, um, and I just I I I like him, and I look forward to seeing him on screen. Um, it's superhero stuff, and you know that gets me going always. But and more than that, it just it did based on the small teaser, it did seem interesting. I'm looking forward to a full trailer. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something that was more up my alley than anything else so far. Yeah, think about like Game of Thrones superhero, that kind of thing. So okay, I will um I will recommend some other Mark Millar titles if you're ever interested. It's dark gritty comic book mm-hmm. stuff it's good stuff um and not and not just kick ass either <laughs> so uh last up in netflix news uh, uh the terminator is back uh but this time it's an anime uh so netflix has been putting animes out for a while now from godzilla and more so uh this is interesting uh I, there hasn't been a lot of traction for terminator movies they've tried twice now with the last for genesis and um what was this last one whatever a new, even, a new hope i don't know what it's ter- called terminator i didn't see it that's what it was called <laughs> i love I, I love terminator don't get me wrong judgment T- day yeah t2 is one of the best movies ever but ever. Um, they just can't they can't get it yet <laughs> as of late so either give it up or maybe this anime will be good so honestly the last good terminator in my opinion was rise of the machines yeah uh, that was a great movie. Yeah, that was a really good movie. I T two is always going to be the best period of all those films. Um, what they tried to do with Christian Bale, if that created a universe of, a, if that would have spawned a trilogy, I would have been more into it. But the fact that they made that one movie and then just abandoned that whole period. Like I wanted to see, I was interested. I wanted to see, you know, past judgment day and what was going on and, and the whole, that whole thing, but they just abandoned it. So I, I don't even know, but yeah, a Terminator anime, you know, my thoughts on anime. But... I do. I do. I was going to race this actually. 
completely. <laughs> like anime. Uh, you know, I, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm some completely closed minded and I live a very sad life. Oh man. You like what you like. That's it. I'm I've been in anime since I don't even know when. I um since I since I had Apple CD, I I told that story of kind of in relation to the Star Wars video game episode we did for Star Warriors, where I had only a Mac when I was growing up, one computer, and it was like we had this um, uh, the Academy Awards of everything that's won Academy Awards, like some mm-hmm. some you know an encyclopedia disc of that. Yeah, and like I found Akira on there, and and that launched it. And I was way too young to start watching anime, honestly, at that point, but I did. Um, so. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Uh, I've always been a fan, but I can always, I know when people aren't and why. So I know, know, uh, there's so much anime out there. So you got to kind of pick and choose with, with the good stuff. That's, yeah. that's the way I, that's the way I look at it. No, no offense, you anime lovers out there. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, last up in TV news, Paramount Plus is incoming. So CBS All Access uh, is actually transforming into Paramount Plus. Uh, it's, I think it's, sometime in March. I think it might be this week, honestly. Um, and so what they did was they, they made all their big announcements, uh, the shows that are coming, the movies that are coming. We'll talk about the movies uh, after the next commercial break. But uh, some neat stuff here. A, the price is getting cheaper compared to CBS All Access. It's mm-hmm. being dropped a dollar, which is a, which, which is a cool thing. You don't really see that happen too much. So the TV shows announced were a Halo TV show, uh, New Rugrats, Frasier revival. Yes. So a uh, Star Trek project. You like Frasier? I love I love Frasier. Frasier, Frasier, my brother and I were way too young to watch Frasier when we did. That's right. But that show, we got it. And imagine being on the school bus and your friends are talking about like other shows that they watched. And you're like, yeah, dude, Frasier was hilarious last night. And they just be like, dude, what? are you talking about like I watched Frasier and Seinfeld at that age and I would try and talk about it and, and people never got it. And no, I'm not some super genius or something like that. I just, that was my kind of humor. That's all it was. And if anything, Frasier gave me the vocabulary (laughs) and the way that not only I speak, my brother talks really, really came from Frasier and the way that Frasier and Niles the way they cut each other down and it was so eloquent and so beautiful the way they they use the english language mm-hmm. to just rip on one another and when i when i could understand a reference that was when i was actually using a dictionary an old school paper dictionary to like look up some of the words they were using and i would sit there and i'd laugh people were like what are you laughing about i'm like dude now i get it I get what they were talking about yesterday and, and just the dichotomy too of their dad, who was their dad was like this blue collar American with his little dog. And, you know, I love that. And then he has these two sons that are like, you know, super smart and very well-spoken, but they were also idiots. They were also two idiots. And that's what was just so great. And, and plus it was a spinoff of cheers, which yep. I liked. So, yes, when I heard about this Frasier revival, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah, I, I was the same uh, watching when, watching Seinfeld and, you know, in high school uh, when it was on. And then Frasier was after it. Right. It was it must have mm-hmm. been that lineup or, or vice mm-hmm. versa or whatever. But I watched 
Frasier when it was on. I loved that show for all the same reasons. Salad and scrambled eggs. (laughs) I dropped that on my Twitter the other day. Uh, (laughs) And and I've been watching the reruns on Cozy, right? And so it would be like, they're on from like, what time? Like 1.30 to 2.30 in the morning or something stupid. And uh, so I'm up watching watching sitcom reruns for some reason. But I, um, and I was thinking to myself, like, what, what is that David Hyde Pierce doing these days? I was like, what is this guy doing? And then it was like a couple of days later, they announced this. I was like, so happy. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we, uh, we, we share that because I, I, I loved that show growing up. Cause like I, I told you earlier today, I, I kind of fell off sitcoms after, after high school. Um, and I don't know why, because there are so many good ones. So but that's what, that's what binging is for. That's true. That's it. All right, so we're going to jump into another commercial break, and then we'll be back with more Tolly Talk. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. Okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. (laughs) A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like, bad. We are back from those luscious commercials. Uh, and I got Rocco here with me talking the good hey. news. And so we're going to jump into movies. And um, Zack Snyder is is in the news every day for the Snyder Cut. And mm. I just want that to be over. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. And I know I'll enjoy it more than Justice League. Sure was a heaping pile of garbage um and so what i'm excited for though is for Zack snyder to get back to making other movies because i do like Zack snyder as a director uh and next up for him is army of the dead headed to netflix on may 21st and we just got our first teaser yeah i i saw that um you know we'll see i'll watch it um I'm not super crazy excited about it. I'm probably more excited about his version of Justice League um, than I am of this. It it looks like another zombie movie. It does, and I feel I do feel that zombies have played been played out. I felt they were played out after the second season of The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, and so Army of the Dead is is an interesting idea. It's a heist movie with zombies in it, so. <laughs> That sounds kind of fun. I do love heist movies, so I'm, I'll, of I'll watch this. It's I pay enough money for Netflix not to watch everything. <laughs> so. Well, no, exactly. And then, like, I don't know, Army of the Dead. I start thinking of Army of Darkness, and I'm right. like, is this, are we getting Bruce Campbell? What's happening here? Um, you know, I don't know. So am I going to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead? No, not his... That was Dawn. a long time ago. Yeah, it was. I think it was written by. I think it was written by James Gunn, 
directed by Zack Snyder. Um, it was a remake of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, but it took the zombie element of like the slow zombie and the, mm-hmm. you know, the zombie stuff that just doesn't really, I don't feel as a threat. There's like a million of them, but mm-hmm. these zombies ran <laughs> like they're oh, the running yeah. zombies. So it's like those movies terrify me because it's like you're past the zombie stage at this point. You just got running monsters like looking to eat you. So. Hey, man, running zombies, you're only in danger as far as the slowest person in your group. So right. <laughs> I have a whole list of people I want in my group. <laughs> it's just, just like your shoes are untied and then trip them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that movie actually, uh, it, it stars Dave Bautista. As does this next movie that we're uh, we're going to talk about that was just uh, just previewed for the first time. Uh, Paul W S Anderson, Resident Evil movies uh, and more, uh, just came off a win with Monster Hunter apparently, which now I need to watch because it's being hailed as a pretty good video game movie adaptation. So as much really? shit as I talked about it, yeah, yeah, they, they said it's pretty. It's the monsters look good. It's it's got the good world building. It takes place in the world. So I don't know. I um I never really give these movies much of a chance, but I will when it hits, you know, probably HBO or whatever. Um, sure. But he's got a new movie coming up uh with with uh I believe it's his wife, Mila Mila jo- Jovovich. Uh so those two have always been working together. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's gonna be called In the Lost Lands. So the movie will follow a queen. Desperate to obtain the gift of shape-shifting, who makes a daring play. She hires a sorceress, Grey Alice, a woman as feared as she is powerful. Sent to the ghostly wilderness of the Lost Lands, Alice and her guide, the drifter Boyce, played by Batista, must outwit and outfight man and demon in a fable that explores the nature of good and evil, debt and fulfillment, love and loss. So, more supernatural stuff. Can I just say I like Dave Batista. I I like him. I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean to piss off any fans, but wrestling is stupid. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to make anybody angry. That's just my opinion. Um, but Dave Batista, like first of all, Drax. I I don't think anyone else could have played Drax. He was amazing. I I laughed and loved his character so much. And I've seen him, like, I just finally watched the new Blade Runner, the newest yep. Blade Runner film. He was in that, you know, he was great. Yep. I, I don't, I mean, the man's acting prowess, I think, is fantastic. And I just, I want to see him in more things. I just want to see him in more things. Well, I think that's also, you know, as much as, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I watched it when I was a kid here and there, and I never really got into it. So I have a similar opinion with you, um, but it is performance art, right? So some of these guys that come out of it are the rock. I mean, I like him. One of the best, one of the best actors in Hollywood now. Right. So Mm -hmm. I like, I like seeing the, the good, the good intelligent ones take that next step and get a role in Hollywood and and really put their acting skills to you know, to, to the uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, John Cena, though, like, I don't like him in anything I've seen other than that one Amy Schumer movie. Um, God, I can't the name of the movie escapes me. But John Cena was this super tough guy 
that would say these really weird kind of latent homosexual things okay that were were presented in a hilarious way because he was feigning this tough guy like approach and that's why it was funny but the fact that he was poking fun at his own masculinity in a non-toxic way to me was to me was very smart and hilarious cuz he's known to be this tough wrestler and he's questioning him. He it's like questioning himself, and he's doing it openly. Um, I think was just hilarious for that character. Um, but I, I don't know. In other movies I've seen him in, like what are, you know what I mean? As a wrestler, what other movies, what other films has he been good in? I you know what I'm not really familiar with any of his movies honestly. Yeah. Um, except that he is in the Suicide Squad this James ah. Gunn coming up this year as Peacemaker and yes. that show got greenlit for HBO Max so oh. James Gunn is co-writing a show with somebody else about Peacemaker like a I don't know what happens to Peacemaker in the movie I don't know if this is a prequel because everybody dies in Suicide Squad usually so you never can hang yeah. on to a favorite character or anything so I like it because it's it's being dubbed as kind of like an asshole Captain America uh, yes. so I'm looking forward to that because I do I do like John Cena. One of my favorite things about John Cena was that commercial that he did about inclusiveness and, and, and accepting everybody. It's one where he's walking down the street and he's like talking to the camera. And he's yes. talking about how to be a good citizen, how, being a yes. good person and just not hating on anybody. And that was like yep. really a powerful commercial. And after that, I was kind of like, all right, I, um, I see you, John Cena, but you're invisible from what I understand in wrestling. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's a bad wrestling joke that I don't even understand because I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> same, same here. But no, um, Peacemaker, yeah, I just read Suicide Squad number two, uh, Future State, and Peacemaker is in that. And, and then I knew John Cena was playing him. And something was funny about apparently a scene where he had to do it over and over and over again, and he had to eat something during that scene, and he got really, really sick. Um, you, you, you gotta look it up if you're listening. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't remember. It was apparently he had to shoot a scene for James Gunn's suicide squad. And in the scene, he he eats something, but he eats it kind of like fast. And that's part of the scene that makes it kind of funny, but he kept wanting to reshoot the scene over and over. And he had eaten something like 47 of whatever these things are. And he threw up like crazy after they finally shot the scene. And he's like, are you kidding me right now? But apparently that's something that was like super funny. Um, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the whole story. I read part of it and it was funny from what I read. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad, too. And I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, John Cena brings to that. You know, they they were smart the way they did um, when they killed off Deadshot before all this happened, right? So they killed off Deadshot in the comics, which gave Peacemaker the chance to become team leader. And so now when that new book gets launched for Infinite Frontier, he is the leader of the team. So that's a good narrative, which they've been doing since comic book movies really started, kind of adapt the comics to make the readers more familiar with whatever characters they're going to bring in and stuff like that. So Well, they it looks like... Um, they are splitting Suicide Squad, uh, Future State Suicide Squad. It looks like they're um, they're splitting it into two 
into two different things. Suicide Squad and what's called Crime Syndicate. Oh, Crime Syndicate from Earth 3? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder how, I mean this is this is another telling of uh the Crime Syndicate from Earth 3 which they just did in the New 52. That's a it's a cool storyline and I'm I'm interested to see what the approach is this time because I know it's different from what I've read. Well, so if you're reading Future State Suicide Squad number 2, it ends in Earth 3 and they it looks like that's where crime syndicate number one is you know because it's infinite frontier coming off of future state it it ends in two almost like two realities is the is the point i'm making and suicide squad number two future state read it just if you're listening to the show read it it was actually good excellent and those 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 future state books had like a backup story in every one too right yes that's what it did awesome almost every one of them yes I have to get on that definitely before this infinite infinite frontier takes off too much. So, but jumping back to movie news, uh, yes, the second part of this Paramount Plus uh, announcement. Uh, the big thing here is uh, their movie releases. So now the thing is going to be the movies will hit uh, theaters uh, forty five days later for big movies. It'll be on the streaming service. Thirty day window for smaller movies. So I I like this. Um, there was a lot of debate about what HBO Max did, and I think what they did was a little shady. But at the same time, what else are you going to do? Like, you have to make this like yeah. you have to make this move. Nobody's going to the theaters. I, you know, I love going to the movies, but I'm not going to theaters. It actually, and I think we talked about this like um, perhaps about like the little things and and things like that. But it, I would I wouldn't go to the theater to watch those movies. So I'm glad that there is this opportunity. Uh, to be able to see them without having to go out. Because usually I'll, they'll just go by the wayside and forget they even came out. And then maybe 10 years later, I'll watch the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, just like you bring up a great point with the little things, I don't think I would go to a theater to see that film. But I would definitely rent it. That is a movie I would definitely rent. And it was a great movie. There's nothing... It doesn't mean the movie is bad. It just means that for me, that's not the like I go to a Star Wars movie. I go to a Batman movie. I go to a Lord of the Rings movie. I for something that is large scale that I want to see on a large screen and and I'm going to go opening night and I want to be part of that history of that film. But with the little things, as you, as you brought up as the example there's no history to like going to the theater to that. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It was a fucking fantastic movie. And, and I loved it. And I think that HBO made a smart choice with just like you said, no one, we're not going to the theaters right now. We are in a pandemic. And that's what I said. When the pandemic is done and I'm vaccinated and we're all vaccinated, the first thing I'm doing is going to go see a movie because I miss it. And if you're a true movie theater goer, a streaming service isn't going to change that experience. The hot popcorn, the illuminated stairs, the waiting for the first preview to start, um, the smell, the sounds, the people sl- like slightly chatting and then, oh, sh- hey, hey, sh- the previews are starting. You know, that kind of thing. The lights, when the lights dim that first time, you're not getting that when you're streaming. 
So for people to say, oh, well, streaming is going to cause people not to go to the theater. I guess they're not real moviegoers then. I don't know what else to say. The other point is, it's like the movie industry is complaining that they're not making money anymore, right? That people aren't going. Well, A, your movie prices are going up so high. And yes, for the cinema experience for certain movies, it's worth it. And I know they kind of threw around the idea of charging less for certain movies. And I always thought that was a good idea. But I was always a big proponent for dual release it. Pay, make people pay the 30 bucks for for a few weeks or whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's no reason why four people wouldn't be able to split 30 bucks to watch a movie in the comfort of their own home but i don't believe i believe the movie going experience like you said will never go away but i feel like they have to adapt the market to it they need they need to create more of an experience around it and i know in other states they have like alcohol and dinner mm-hmm. and you get a table. They don't have that in my area. And if they did, you know, this is my thing. If you want to make something expensive, but you want to make it a premium service, then I will spend my money on it. <clears throat> like you will get my money. If you're going to put me in a chewing, a seat covered in chewing gum in a cramped theater with you know, a cup, Oh, a cup holder. Thanks. Like, what do you want? Make, make the movie three bucks and I'll go see it. Now I only go to theaters where I can reserve a seat. I only go to theaters where, you know, they have the recliners, you know, that's a premium service. I'm going to pay for it. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I'll give you a good example. If, uh, Robert Pattinson's the Batman, was to be released in theaters and HBO Max at the same time. And in my area, theaters were open. I would not watch it for free and pay to go to the theater yes. to watch that movie. And and you, it's either, you know, and, and people like me are going to do the same thing, just like you said, you, you would do that as well. So stop, stop with this. It's going to stop people going to the theater. No, it's not. It's real. I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. You're right. Spending $150 to take your family to the movies is what's stopping people from going to the theater. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just, it's insane. Um, I love, I love, I love the fact um, that you can buy beer now at theaters. I know you can't up in upstate New York. When I moved to the New York City area, I was going to like the Alamo Draft House and really enjoyed that. And then more theaters started doing it. Out here, they all do it. Uh, I, I we moved recently, but the apartment we lived in was we could walk to the movie theater, awesome. our previous apartment, and I would go down for like a noon movie. I'd drink a double IPA. I'd be wasted, whatever you know. Maybe get a second one if I was really in a good mood, and then walk home. You know what I mean? It's just like I love that experience, and that's I yeah. I can sit on my couch and drink a beer, but and I miss the big screen because I love mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and that's important to me about the movie viewing experience. So. Until the day that I buy my my projector and I have a big enough house mm-hmm. to do that, I will always go to the movie theater for, like you said, the right movies. Exactly. Um, uh, so just a couple announcements from Paramount uh, in terms of what movies are going to be coming. Uh, they announced a new Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> I have always a big Beavis and Butthead fan. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. Mo- I love that first movie. <laughs> I saw that. In oh, movies. hell yeah. Dude, Mike Judge, man. Yes. Um, I like what Mike Judge does. I, I mean, the, uh, what was it? Office Space. Um, obviously, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill. Um, 
excellent stuff. So I heard this announcement. I was I'm very excited about it. Exactly. And you're also uh, you were telling me you're a Pet Cemetery fan. There's a new one, Pet Cemetery Origin coming. Yeah. Um, the original original with that scary ass kid. Um, I was way too young to see that. I couldn't sleep for days. I remember. Um, I liked the newest one in terms of lore building. I thought that was cool. Um, it didn't scare me at all. Um, but I like the lore behind it. So an origins kind of thing to that with it being like an ancient Native American burial ground or whatever the hell it is, or that this land is sour, you know, whatever. Like yeah. I, I'm done. I'm going to watch it. Gonna exactly. Watch it. Exactly. And now you can watch it on Paramount plus if you, if you get that. Speaking of things that aren't that scary to me, um, new paranormal activity movie. So really? many of these. Yeah. They don't, what about the first one? They don't. Not things don't scare me. You know what scares oh. me? I, I don't even I, like. I watched Conjuring Two. That was creepy to me. I like. I I get a sp- little spooked, but I I think about too much of like how they did it. That, you know, I don't know. I I maybe it is also they. I watched the first one. And I never wanted to watch another one too. That was maybe that well, was it. That may I mean so the first one scared me to my core. Like scared me to my core, but I was also younger. You know, I was fresh college, young college student, and I was like, I couldn't sleep without the lights on. Um, but then when the second one came out and the third one, I really liked the world building. They actually created a really unique world building through through kind of a first person. You know, the the way they did it with the found footage, they built this world around it. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And then you actually get like, they're actually following the demon and the demon actually has a cult and the demon actually has a name. And now you're just like, okay, so this isn't just a one-off situation. Hmm. And then that, so that's what kept me watching these films was that world building. And, and I really liked that. So that's why I was excited about this new movie. The first one, was just scary and then everything after that really built a built a paranormal world around it which i i like and and plus i mean the genre right the genre i feel was kicked off with blair witch yes that's what and, I per, and perfected by paranormal activity okay. that's my opinion all right what about trolls that's a really good found footage movie that's my favorite that was a very good movie. That was a very good movie. It was. It was. Well, yeah, one... going back to Blair Witch, man, I, I think I was about the same age you were when you watched this, when I watched Blair Witch. Okay. That spooked me out when I was that age. Oh, I'll yeah. Say. We just, I'll say we, that. We just watched it again this weekend while we were on our weekend excursion. We watched Blair Witch again. And I just think that, you know, there are, their emotional reactions were so visceral and seemingly so real um, with these cameras, you know, and the fact that you can put yourself there so easily, especially if you're someone that's hung out with some friends drinking before you're going to go do something important. Um, You know, for me, the scariest part of that movie was the hotel scene before they went into the woods because like they're all just hanging out, drinking beers, drinking liquor out of the little flasks smoking cigarettes and like the next day something really really bad is going to happen and it's just like 
how many times have I been in that hotel room with my friends doing that kind of stuff? And then like, okay, so these people all die, probably very horrible deaths, very creative, I think. Very creative in that genre. I love found footage. Cloverfield. Yes. I like that movie. There's a Frankenstein movie that um, was found footage. And, really? And, yes. Pick Frankenstein um, fan. Short synopsis. I got to figure out what this the movie's called. I'll find it for you. Okay. Um, a young man finds out he is of some blood lineage to actual Victor Frankenstein. And he, through years, has been following where the monster would have gone, which would have been to the Arctic. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which was a bunch of letters, if you've ever read Mary Shelley, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of letters regarding the Frankenstein monster. And he was taking them as real. And so he hires a crew and they go out to the Arctic to go find the Frankenstein monster. And insanity ensues really great movie really scary maybe, maybe you won't be scared of it chris because you weren't scared of paranormal activity i'm scared of nothing i i am kind of questioning now is mary shelley's frankenstein the first found footage quote-unquote story ever <laughs> right. hey good we point just, we made a link there rocco that's uh that's a good one good point. <laughs> but find that movie i'm i'm actually interested in watching that um right. uh last up uh just the last little bit of news here is Avatar The Last Airbender is getting a new movie and more TV stuff. So we're talking about the OG people uh, working on this project, which is great. Netflix had this for a little while, and then they dropped it. And everybody's like, what happened, Netflix? Well, now we know Paramount is going to be making more Avatar stuff. So I'll admit something. I've never watched Airbender, ever. Same. And it's supposed to be the greatest cartoon ever. It's Dave Filoni, and I, um, I need to make time. That's what I, I've heard. I, I've already seen the greatest thing Dave Filoni's ever done. It's called the Clone Wars uh, television <laughs> show. So um, I'm good there. By the way, I found it. It's called the Frankenstein Theory. Okay. Awesome. I will uh, I'll hunt that down tonight in my late night viewings. Boom. All right. Uh, jumping over to gaming news. Not too much here. Let's talk about uh, Henry Cavill real quick here. Henry, Henry Cavill did something... He, he, he previewed some kind of Mass Effect thing. The internet went wild. Uh, nobody's really sure what it is. If it's, a, if it's a TV movie, he's in the new game that's going to be coming out. Who knows? Henry Cavill's a big geek. I love Henry mm-hmm. Cavill for that reason. And um, I'll be excited to watch anything he's in. Fair. Yeah. And then uh, finally, finally, uh, Sony announced the next VR system uh, for PlayStation. And I've been... I didn't buy the first one because I didn't have money at the time. Uh, and at this point, I was like, they've got to announce a new one with PS5. Uh, and, you know, have you played? You you played? I played at Casey's. Listen, I, on Critical Mass, we have a section at the end called FU. And if my FU could beat anything right now, it would be to PlayStation for even announcing this. Until <laughs> you create enough of the regular flip and flap and console for me to be able to just walk into a Best Buy and purchase. How dare you announce the VR? Put it in my hands first. The Just the regular effing console. Make the console easy enough for anyone to buy wherever you go. Then announce the VR. Okay, you throw it in my face. I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the system yet. Give me the system. We'll talk the VR after. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what your problem is. I got a 
PS5 in the next room. Um, <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> it is, actually. Um, being an asshole aside, um, <laughs> I um, I agree with you, uh, but you should also blame the scalpers and these stupid box stores that can't seem to keep stock because they can't stop scalpers. They can't do it with toys. They can't do it with PlayStations. It's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing, too. Like The state of play that everybody was very disappointed they didn't announce anything. Well, I'm kind of the opposite person to that. You announced a bunch of stuff at the end of last year for PS5 this year. So I was like, yeah, don't announce anything. Just please put more PlayStation 5s out. That was the thing. It's like kind of like the same thing you're saying here. Uh, but PS5 VR is not due out till next year. So I'm sure there'll be plenty by summer. I hope so, man, because I, I won. It's just funny. And I, I actually talked to a guy at Best Buy about this. I was like, listen, dude, I won a six hundred dollar Best Buy gift card oh, award yeah. through my job. So, like, I'm literally going to walk in here and buy a PS5 for nothing. So you need to put it on the shelf. And it's like, well, man, you know, you got to follow this Reddit. And then the Reddit tells you when they're on sale. I'm like, bro, I got two kids. I don't care. Just put it on the shelf and yeah. allow me to buy it. But, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. I understand. It's It always happens. You know what I mean? And don't worry. Um, Joe Biden is looking into the chip situation, apparently. Um, I'll make a political joke instead of doing stimulus payments. But you know how to. <laughs> I had just had to have a laugh. Did you read? Did you, I read that this week. I don't know if it was fake news or what it was, but. They're looking into why these chips aren't being produced or something. There's some kind of shady business going on. So Joe Biden is looking into it. I listen, Joe, you got other things on your plate that you should be doing. Let Best Buy look into the <laughs> chips. Okay. Let let the the retail stores look in. Yeah. Let them look into it. You gotta, you know, do other things. And he and he's and he is for the most part. For the most part. Fair, fair enough. We'll, we'll save that discussion for your show. Um, exactly. Anyhow, uh, Rocco, what, what time is it? I believe it's time for the pursuit of plastic. All right, toy enthusiasts and action figure lovers, uh, we got some news. Uh, we're going to round up the rest of actually what Mezco did at their toy fair last week or the week before. I know it's a little bit back but uh some great stuff they announced uh coming soon this year probably even next year knowing mesco but uh first up a couple marvel figures uh they showed off a new tiger stripe wolverine uh the only way you could get, actually get this before it was an exclusive figure and so the most popular costume of all time on wolverine from the cartoon was the hardest to get so this figure had been going for hundreds of dollars for the longest time and now they're going to finally do a reissue of it and make it better of course um and I will say, uh, they also announced a Superman, which I talked about in the last show. But after I got my Christopher Reeve Superman and I compared it to the old one, they've upped their game a thousand percent. And so I'm a little tempted to get this this new Superman as well. But um, they also, for Marvel, they announced uh, Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy. So you're, you're a 90s X-Men fan. So they've been doing, yes. uh, they've been doing some figures from that. Uh, Gambit, they did uh, Magneto. They did the Wolverine, they did Cyclops, but like I said, the Wolverine was hard to get, which made a lot of people mad. I actually got the brown suit Wolverine because that's my favorite from from that time period. Uh, but I uh, I love that show. 
And what I love about it is it holds up today and I'm, I'm going to be 35 soon. And I don't know how I was allowed to watch that when I was younger. Uh, Honestly, it was like a soap opera. It was a soap and they ended up having superpowers and I'm not mad about it because I loved the show and I watched it and I was like, yep, still love it. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny during our, our, our time on this earth, <laughs> the rating systems have changed significantly, even in mm-hmm. the eighties, you know, when they mm-hmm. had to call it PG 13 and, and whatnot. So I know that like we mentioned R rated toys, you know, properties being made in toys for kids. It was such a different time. Mm-hmm. And you know what though? I think we're better for it because I think our cartoons are more intelligent. Yeah, I, I agree. I watch some of the stuff that my daughter watches and, you know, I'm just like, how is this even palatable? Like at all. And I was like, I was watching Batman, the animated series. I was watching the X-Men. I was watching Spider-Man, 90 Spider-Man. And they were intelligent shows. You know, now I got my daughter addicted to justice league. She just is just like, give me more episodes. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll sit here and watch this with you. Freaking better than, I don't know, she watches the show Fancy Nancy. Want me to make me want to throw myself through a fifth floor window. It's just, it's insanity. But yeah, no, I agree with you. No offense, you Fancy Nancy people out there, of course. If you're a Fancy Nancy person, I want you to honestly just douse yourself in gasoline and... (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of gasoline, I mean gaslight. Um, see, see what we did there. Segway. Exactly. exactly. Uh, another figure, because Mezco loves to make Batman figures, like thousands of them, but never make a Nightwing or a Robin for me. Uh, that's just my soapbox. But this is a cool figure for this line because of the soft goods and whatnot. They are making the Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Yes, this is a figure I'm very interested in getting. Um, I finally watched Gotham by Gaslight because it's on HBO now. And um, you just sent me the link to the comic. So I'll be uh, checking to see if that's available at my comic shop this week. I, I, the, the figure looks beautiful. It looks very detailed. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, this is one I would definitely consider adding to my collection for sure. If you're going to pick and choose, like, higher end collectibles it's definitely worth it to mm-hmm. get ones like this i always recommend mm-hmm. that and just rounding up the rest of the announcements uh more plan of the apes coming uh, we got dr zayas not too long ago all these figures look really great um i'm not huge old school planet of the apes fan but i can see where the people will love this uh then their own mesco's own um ip it's called rumble society uh they they make these really wacky action figures um and they release them like it's kind of frustrating because you would think if they make their own stuff they they could have more plentiful but they sell out um so we got a couple more teases i think one's like a a monster who's made to look like an old bomber jet that's what i see in that one and then another one that looks kind of like Mm. poseidon like a like an ocean god of some sort so Mm. i'm interested in more they just show these little these little pictures i'll i'll share with you what what the other ones were they're kind of they're kind of really neat um Power Rangers, this is kind of out of left field. They're going to be making the Green Ranger into a figure, and it looks awesome. Even though I'm not a big Power Rangers guy, I always liked that design. Uh, and I With think the that... the shield. Yeah, it's really... His... It's so cool. So, I always... 
Is this Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin? Yes, it's the OG. So Mighty Morphin, yeah, Tommy. um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was my jam. I I mean I remember my my mother got into a physical altercation with another woman over Power Rangers figures for Christmas when I was a kid. <laughs> and which is wild. These are the so, stories we'd love to hear on Pursuit of Plastic. Right? I guess I think it was a Megazord. I feel like it was Megazord. It had all the Zord different Zords and then you put them together to get Megazord obviously. And I feel like she was, she just like fought a woman at, um, for those of you that are from Rochester, Western New York, remember Midtown Plaza. Um, Midtown Plaza was the mall that's now defunct and has been for like 25 years. But the defunct mall that was in downtown Rochester was the crown jewel of our city. And they had multiple toy stores and she worked in the offices up above. And I remember she went down to the mall for Christmas shopping while working. And I guess, I think it was a KB toys. If you sounds, remember. I, I lived in KB toys. I exactly. I miss it with a passion. And I, I think she like literally fought a woman. I think uh, I, again, I'd have to corroborate this story, but it was for power range. I know specifically it was for power rangers. Um, so to know that they're still making toys for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I mean, like, that's super cool. And the Green Ranger, dude, who didn't like the Green Ranger and the White Ranger? Tommy. Tommy, uh, like, was awesome. Who was the actor? Do you know the actor? Do you remember? Jason, Jason David Frank. Uh, he, you know, I don't know about him as an actor, but I know he was awesome as Tommy in Power Rangers. So to hear that they're doing a Green Ranger, they just awesome. they just did a um they just did something with with him like a a darker Power Rangers fan film. Bat in the Sun did it, I think, about the White Ranger. Okay, okay, I, I think so. So he's yeah he's still kicking ass out there. Um, so I love this because they know who they're 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 putting this figure out to. You know, so this is definitely the higher end collectible. It looks gorgeous, but people our age are going to be like, yeah, I'm buying this because this was part of my childhood. Then they went and announced a Destro figure. <laughs> Somehow Hasbro's given out the license a little bit, sharing the license mm-hmm. with other companies, like three zeros doing one, six scale figures. They mm-hmm. just did like a snake eyes and a, I think storm shadow. Um, but they announced this out of, again, out of left field and everybody like lost their minds. I'm not a big GI Joe guy. Um, I, I don't know why I missed it. Maybe I only because I had two foreign snow and G.I. Joe wasn't on one of those channels, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I never really got into it. Um, and so like Hasbro has been doing the, the classified series, the six inch figures. So this was really surprising that they would do it at the same scale, but bring out this premium um, premium version of it. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, then last up, Ultraman, uh, which Power Rangers always reminded me of monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the anime and then leading up to, they just did a relaunch in Marvel comics for Ultraman and there's a bunch of stuff coming. So that, that probably seen a re- resurgence uh, in the geek world. And I will probably be picking this figure up because I love Ultraman. I think it looks really cool. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, next up in NECA news, NECA 
had announced two previous figures to this. They're Frankenstein. They're doing the Universal Monsters, all in black mm-hmm. and white. Somehow they got the rights to Bela Lugosi, which nobody has ever had, apparently. So they're doing these great sculpts, as usual, with NECA at a good price point. Uh, Frankenstein is uh, on pre-order. The Mummy's coming soon. They announced the Wolfman. And this was the thing. Every time somebody gets a Universal White Monsters license, it somehow disappears. And we make a joke out of it because every time you only get a Frankenstein figure. And so, like, if you collect this stuff, you have a bunch of Frankenstein figures floating around. Um, but we are going to get that Wolfman, which is uh, which will be pretty, pretty amazing if they continue this this line. You uh, you like Universal Monsters? You ever watch those old movies? I do. My question is, from what I know, and I, I could be wrong, but I rarely am. Uh, <laughs> um, they were looking to do a Universal Monsters universe and it started with that dracula untold film then went on to the mummy with tom cruise um is there that, is there that was truth it. that was it they stopped it after that um it went like this dracula untold was a good movie right yes Supposed it was to be part of that Surprising not, it was a good movie. Right? It was very surprising a good movie and it was like they did not they decided not to tie it in at that point. So all they did was make the mummy and then threw it all away. Threw all dark universe completely. I don't know what because of the mummy didn't make enough money for them or what it was. I like The mummy that was mummy. pretty good. Right? It was pretty I liked good. that movie. It was creepy. Um it was definitely not the Brendan Fraser one which I still like those movies, Love but those it was movies. definitely yeah, exactly. And it's like this, it was a great idea, but I think what happened was it's, of course, companies just drop everything if it doesn't make money. Uh, so now the new approach is, you, did you watch The Invisible Man? Yes, the newest one with the woman from um, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Correct. So that, oh. that is a new approach uh, that, that Jason, I think it's Jason Blum and company, mm-hmm. uh, are, are taking on. is like these more uh, realistic horror movies uh they got like the wolfman is coming out soon with um i forget it was whoever it is um but they announced that and um and some other stuff so they're trying to build this in a different way because of the Mm -hmm. success and the fact that it's it's a lower budget uh so well the invisible man first of all when you said jason blum i have a funko pop of his and I was looking around the room so I could grab it and show it to you, but it's it's on the, the far shelf, so I can't reach it from here. Someday you'll be in my studio, and you'll see how the setup is. But, um, yeah, I like Blumhouse films, but that movie, The Invisible Man, oh, my God. That mm-hmm. was so, so good. Of all those um, kind of that genre you know, the Invisible Man film, I think, was the best one. Um, the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise was very good, but I, I like how you brought up the Brendan Fraser version. The Mummy and the Mummy Returns, those two movies, mm-hmm. man, oh, man. I mean, like, God, I wish those were part of that universe because those were just so good. I'm going to find those when I, I try and watch a movie this evening. I wonder whether I wonder if they're streaming. They're so much fun. And that's what yes. I love about them. They're a good level of like it's not horror, it's it's adventure horror in mm. a way, you know, adventure monsters and stuff like that. And that's yeah. and that was the great the great version of that. So, and I didn't understand why the mummy didn't do well because I actually I didn't go to see it in the theaters. So that's another thing probably like it didn't get a mm. good draw. 
So that's what they're always looking at. It was Ryan Gosling is attached to this Wolfman project. Okay. So okay. That's... I like Gosling. Mm-hmm. I like Gosling. He does good stuff. You know, that's what I think. So that's um, so NECA, Universal Monsters, black and white figures. Wolfman is coming. Not Ryan Gosling version. <laughs> Last up in toy news. Um, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Mattel to reveal uh, the upcoming Massey Universe figures from both the Kevin Smith Revelation series and whatever the heck Netflix is working on because they are also making their own uh, cartoon of it. So Netflix is getting two Masters shows, which is kind of crazy to me this year um, since that is like my original thing from the earliest thing I can remember is being a kid and watching that on TV. And so they revealed a few figures from the main line. It'll be like six or seven inch figures, uh, and those are more adult collector. They showed off He-Man and Battle Cat, Skeletor and Evil Lynn. All look interesting. Um, I'm going to have to see clearer pictures of them and also uh, to make my decision because I've been getting a lot of the adult collector ones for a long time. And it's going to be tough to beat the Four Horsemen figures. Uh, but then they also revealed the other He-Man and Battle Cat, which look awful, awfully like, not awfully like, but very similar to uh, a little bit of the, the 2000 series, uh, which I liked a lot too. So... We'll see what the theme of that show is. I know that's more for kids versus Revelations, which is an extension of the old show, uh, closing out storylines and whatnot. So you, um, being born in 85, you kind of missed that whole train, right? The He-Man? Yeah. So I had a couple He-Man figures growing up, and I had the He-Man sword. Uh And that was the sword that, like, it had sound effects and it was like its claim to fame was if you hit something with it, it made a sound that you hit something with it. Yes. <laughs> like, was like, that the know. movie one? I don't even oh. remember, man. It was so long ago. I got it for a birthday gift. It was like gold, it had like a gold yep. grip and then like a yellow sword. So I don't know if that was from the movie or not. I wasn't very familiar. Ninety-five percent w- sure it was. Okay. Because when you said that, and it made and it makes the noise when you hit stuff, I remember that feature pretty clearly. Yeah. That's funny. I I always like to ask people this because because it was such a small time, and by the time that like you were three, like I was three and I was watching it on TV, right? Mm-hmm. It was like the very like the first things I can remember. By the time that you were three or so, it was probably like still toys were were around, but it was definitely fading out by the late 80s. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely. I think I I remember a lot of He-Man toys. Again, I bring up KB toys yep. um, back in the day. I just I remember that was where I saw the He-Man toys and my X-Men toys all came from freaking KB Back in the day, they had the video games behind the shelf. You had to ask for them. Like, yep. I remember, like, behind the register, I mean. Uh, you know, they had the Legos on the back wall. And then it was, like, the X-Men figures. Dude, it just taking me back, man. Just bought toy buying back in the day. But, yeah, that He-Man sword, man. I'm not sure if it was from KB. I think it was. But, yeah, that must have been late 80s, like 89, yeah. 1990. That's definitely a movie, especially from the way you describe it. Yeah, that's funny. I um, man, Katie toys. Now we have nothing. We have nothing. No toy stores. Just seriously, box, man. just box stores that don't know how to stock things, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like I remember Toys R Us around here used to even May the Fourth, they'd have a Star Wars day, yep. and there was like a whole Star Wars section, and you can come in and do activities. I remember taking my daughter to that, and then what a year or two later, like sorry, we're closed forever. I don't know. It's it's sad. It's sad. It is. It is. But the happy thing is that at least we're getting some great toys these days. Uh, maybe someday we'll see a resurgence of something like KB. Yeah, that was the that was the actually the rumor when Toys R Us first went out. Somebody was going to relaunch KB, and I had my fingers crossed, but it never never came to fruition or or COVID ruined it. I'm not sure, but someday we'll get another toy store. Until then, shop at your local comic shop. They have good toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was fun, Rocco. That was good times. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sitting in. Uh, tell everybody where they uh, they can find you. Yeah, um, you can find my uh, degenerate like show, Critical Mass. You can find us anywhere that you would find podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, whatever. Um, but the most important thing is to find us on DFAT Entertainment. Um, with a whole bunch of other awesome podcasts. So make sure you check all of us out. But yeah, if you like pop culture, politics, and people just screaming into a microphone about nonsense, you can find Critical Mass anywhere you find podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. But most importantly, you can find us on DFAT Entertainment with a bunch of other awesome podcasts. So if you like politics, pop culture, and a whole lot of vulgarity, um, check out uh, the Critical Mass podcast. Just make sure that you have no respect for yourself. <laughs> also, uh, check another show that Rocco and I do together with uh, some other cool dudes, uh, Star Warriors podcast. New episode coming soon about the High Republic. And then also, like you said, uh, Defense Entertainment is a new thing. Uh, we've got a bunch of cool shows on. New website is coming soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, you can find this show on don'tforgettetowel.com for the time being. And also uh, find us on social media, the Facebooks, Twitters, and Instagrams. So, Rocco, thank you again so much for uh, coming and geeking out with me today. Thanks for having me, man. This has been a blast, and I, I hope to be on again sometime. Most definitely. And uh, for everybody out there listening, don't forget a towel.